I'm Steve, by the way. Good to see you all. Hi, Steve. Uh, we're going to read the scripture together this morning. Is that all right with everybody? It doesn't matter if it's not sure from Psalm uh, chapter 119. The words are going to be on the screen, and uh, let's read it together. Joyful are people of integrity who follow the instructions of the Lord. Joyful are those who obey his laws and search for him with all their hearts. They do not compromise with evil, and they walk only in his paths. You have charged us to keep your commandments carefully. Oh, that my actions would constantly reflect your decrees. Then I will not be put when I compare my life with your commands. As I learn your righteous regulations, I will thank you by living as I should. I will obey your decrees. Please don't give up on me. How can a young person stay pure? By obeying your word. I have tried hard to find you. Don't let me wander from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I praise you, O Lord. Teach me your decrees. I have recited aloud all the regulations you have given us. I have rejoiced in your laws as much as in riches. I will study your commandments and reflect on your ways. I will delight in your decrees, not forget your word. Let's pray one more time. Jesus, we thank you for your word this morning, and we ask that as we have read it together, it may uh, just move in our hearts today, that it would draw us to you, that it would change us, that it would shape us, that it would mold us into the people that you are helping us to become. It is in through your name, Jesus, we pray these things. Amen. Go ahead and take a seat. You know, it is a true thing that we live in a informationally gluttonous world. All around us, there is information. In fact, there is so much information, and sometimes it feels like we're just bombarded by words every day. Whether it be on your Twitter feed, anybody use Twitter here? Three, okay, I'll get off of Twitter. Um, whether it be Facebook recipes, anybody share a recipe on Facebook? One, two, three. Uh, whether it be news, does anyone watch the news? I don't know why, I'm just kidding. No, we all watch the news probably, right? ABC, NBC, Fox, anything. What about, you know, books? People still read books these days? Yes, we do. I mean, on Amazon, you can get a book and it can be in your house like the drone just drops it right on you. It's like right there. What about Google? Have you asked Google anything lately? I don't wanna know what you ask Google. Maybe you go on YouTube. Does anyone go on YouTube to find just how to live life better? Yeah, I mean, you can, you can like learn how to, what did we learn? What did we learn how to, uh, recently a friend of mine said, you can learn to fix anything on YouTube, right? And let alone your family, your friends. I mean, there's literally just information all around us every day. 
And so as we're trying to navigate a world that is full of people trying to tell us how you can live your best life now, what do we do as people who are seeking the way of Jesus? That's what this series has been all about for the last five weeks and continuing through the end of the year is the way of Jesus. How are we supposed to make sense of all that information that's out there? All these people that claim to know the truth and how it can give direction and purpose and meaning to our lives. How our lives can be better because of that truth. You see, when we consume information, sometimes it just goes by. Like we feel like we don't even see it. It's in front of our face and then it's gone. But when we continue to see the same images over and over and hear the same messages over and over, suddenly what we're receiving as information becomes something more than that. It actually becomes transformational. And the images and the thoughts and the ideas actually start having an effect on who we are becoming as people. What we know becomes who we are. The early followers of Jesus discovered this. You see, they, um, they heard a lot of words from Jesus in his teaching on earth. And not all of them were easy. In fact, in a certain portion of his ministry, many of his followers left because the teachings were too hard. And yet some remained. One of those followers that remained was named Simon. And later, Jesus would rename him Peter, and so we call him Simon Peter. And his words are recorded for us in Scripture. He said this. Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. See, we're going to continue in this series specifically looking at Scripture. And what scripture can mean to us as those who are following Christ. And both Rick and Randy in the previous weeks have helped us to understand that it is not just about information. The Bible is not primarily just about information. It's about relationship. It's about how we can come to know the God who created everything, the word who spoke all things into existence. And yet that same word that came and became one of us. And that by knowing him, we can be transformed into who he is really creating us to be. Last week at the end of the talk, Randy asked this question. Maybe we can actually just take a moment and ask, 
How is the Bible for you? How is the Bible for you? Not for necessarily just all those people that it was written for thousands of years ago. Over, over centuries, the Bible was written with dozens of authors in multiple languages. And yet it is spoken uniquely and specifically to people for thousands of years after it was written. And so today we gather together in this place, in this community center in Mount Laurel, and we ask the question that so many before us have asked. How is the Bible for me? How's the Bible for you? How does the Bible play into our life? You see, at some point as we lean in to where Christ Jesus is guiding us, all those other voices that I just talked about, those voices like the news, those voices like social media, those voices like your family, even in your friends, friends, they, they actually take a back seat. Because at some point, as we're following Jesus, we will recognize that his word to us is the most important word we'll ever receive. Jesus has words of eternal life. And so that authority needs to be found in our lives and in that word. Timothy Ward said, the Bible is the primary means by which God presents himself to us in such a way that we can know him and remain in a faithful relationship with him. Friends, if we want to know Jesus, we got to read his word. If we want to know Jesus, we got to know and read and live his word. And so hopefully in things, we could take some time to just ask ourselves, how is the Bible a part of, of my life? What, what can it help me to become? What can I learn and what can I see and what can I realize about who God is? Because the Bible is about God. If you want to find out who God is, read the Bible. If you want to know Jesus better, if you think Jesus is interesting or fascinating, or maybe he understood life and we can learn from him, we have to read his words. So I just want to take push pause here for one second. Push pause. Can everybody take their phone out for me? Did you bring your phone with you today? If you left it at home, I'm scared for you. Take your phone out, and I'm really serious. Like, is your phone out? Raise it. Got your phone? Yeah? Okay. All right. So go to your app store. Like I said last week, Android people will forgive you, but go to your Google Play store. I don't know if we have Wi-Fi in here, so data rates may apply. Oh, we do? We do. Wow. Mount Laurel represent. They bring it. Or go to the uh, iTunes, is it iTunes? It's the Apple Store, App Store. It's the App Store. The App Store, okay? And I want you to type in something I've said many times. 
but I still want you to type in it. U version. Y-O-U-V-E-R-S-I-O-N. U version. Okay? U version. Now, I didn't try this out beforehand because I already have this app, so I'm really praying it's working. Everybody see the app? Yeah. Now, if you already have the app, then you'll see a little cloud. Well, if you're using an iPhone, you'll see a little cloud, or it'll already say you have it, or it'll say open, right? But if you don't have the app, it'll say get, and I want you to get. I can't make you do it. I'm just asking you to. You can delete it after this service. It is free. So go ahead and push get. All right. So hopefully it's downloaded to your phone. And here's what I'm going to encourage you to do. As I continue to uh, have this message, sermon, talk, whatever you want to call it, feel free to use that app. You just downloaded the Bible. And what an amazing gift version has given literally the world. Millions upon millions upon millions of people have downloaded that app. And now instead of the Bible just being a book that you put on your shelf, the Bible can stand alongside all those other apps. All alongside Facebook and Twitter, and nobody uses Twitter, so I don't know why I mention it, and Instagram and Google and all that kind of stuff. And it could be right in the way that you access your information. Because again, if we're not careful, the information that we consume transforms us. And we want to be careful about who we are becoming. So my first point here this morning is that the word is to be in your heart. The word has to be in our heart. What does that mean? The words of God are the Bible. That's a kind of a simplified way to say it, but just work with me here. The words of God are the Bible. If we're not reading the Bible, God's word isn't getting into our heart. All the other words are getting into our heart. All the other words that are going on around us are getting into our heart. In the word, it's not getting into our heart. The psalmist said, as we just read this morning, help me, God, to store up, to hide, to store up your word in my heart that I would not sin against you, that that I would be able to follow you that Jesus, you have words of life and I want them to be rich in my soul. You know, the Bible really does have something to say about so many things in life. It's not just an instruction manual, but if you want to find out about how to be in a successful marriage, you can read the Bible. If you want to find out about how to order your finances, you can read the Bible. If you want to figure out how to treat your neighbors, You can read the Bible. So many areas of life are in God's word. And if we take the time to really let it come into our hearts, it will truly change our lives. In the book of Deuteronomy chapter 6, see, now you can take your Bible app. You could take your Bible 
okay, I don't see you all using it. I don't understand. You can take your Bible app and you go to Deuteronomy chapter 6. Now, you can download different translations. Randy talked about different translations last week. You know, so, you know, that means like, I wasn't going to get into this, but apparently I am. You know, there's some, some are like word for word. Some are like paraphrases. Some are like, you know, sentences that are, you know, translated into English. We often use the New Living Translation, the NLT. We often use the NIV. I'm using the ESV. But here we go. You can follow along in your Bible, on your phone, or on the screen, because if you didn't bring a smartphone, you'd be left out. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, or, the, or he is Lord alone. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command to you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children, and you shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on your doorposts of your house and on your gates." You see, the Bible doesn't just stay on our shelf. The Bible transcends our lives. This is how the ancient Israelites and Jesus followers alike have for centuries viewed God's word. That it can literally help us to know what to do with our hands. You see what it says here? It says, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand. Now, some people take that literally, but it, it's really, it's figuratively, meaning that the Bible shows you what your hands should do, how they should work, how they should help, what they should be involved in, what they should not be involved in, how your hands can be a representation of your relationship with God, with Jesus. It says, they can be frontlets between your eyes, meaning this is how we see the world. We see the world as Jesus saw the world. We see our neighbor as Jesus saw his neighbor. We see our work as Jesus saw his work. We understand the world around us because we see them through the lens of Scripture. It says you should teach them to your children. The Bible isn't something we just do at church. It's something we do in our home. It's something that we do when we're not gathered together, when we're alone, when we're with our family, when we're with our significant other. It should be central to our lives. Now, I realize that, in a, you know, maybe we have different experiences with, with the Bible. Maybe some of us here, you know, this is old hat. Steve, you're really not telling me anything new. Uh, I've been walking with Jesus for a long time. I got this. And some of you might be, I really, I've never, I've never done this before. I just downloaded the app. What do you expect of me? Um, but there are various different ways. And again, Randy touched on them briefly last week. But like, um, I, had a, I had a girlfriend give me this book once. And um, this, this book, it's just called My Utmost for His Highest. And it's a uh, bestseller. It's actually a very old book. It's just a devotional book. And then... She wrote on the inside of it. Uh, to Steve, I bought a copy of this book for myself too. 
I thought that we could both do our devotionals together, even though we are apart this summer. I'm going to miss you so much, and I'm so proud of you and love you more than you'll ever know. God bless you and us and our relationship. I love you. Gwen. I get points. I get points. Um, it, was an, it was a lovely gift. It, almost about 20 years ago, actually. Um, but, you know, it was a way for us to connect. We couldn't be together. But we could read these words together. And it's real simple. It was only just like one verse at the top of the page. And just a page long that you could read but something that you could apply to your life every day. Um, later on, I act, well, not later on. Before that, I got one of these. This is my dad's Bible. And uh, Rick talked to us about sword drills. That's where you, like, find the passage, like, one, two, three, go. And I have, like, little markers. I just want to say that this was the cheater sort, you know. That's cheating. Um, later, I, I kind of grew up and... Uh, I got a, a student Bible. There are tons of Bibles out there that you can use that apply to your life with, with notes and, and things to help them make sense that you don't need to feel that I'm not a Bible scholar, I'll never understand the Bible. That's just not an option. It's not. The Bible was written in a way that we can understand it. Yeah, there are tough parts. And sometimes we might need a little help. That doesn't mean that we can't have it a part of our lives. 500 years ago, the church changed forever because the Bible came out of the hands of the clergy and it worked its way into the hands of the people. And it was written in languages that you and I could understand. Do we recognize how precious a gift that is? very word of God, the very word of God came into our hands, came into our phones, came into our lives. There are some places around the world where this book cannot exist. It is illegal. And in some of those places, the gathered Christians carry pages in their pockets. And they gather together, and when a scripture needs to be read, one of them will stand up and read the portion that they have been entrusted to keep safe. May we never lose the awe of what this is. And, you know, might be a preacher, but preaching to myself. Do I really live that out every day? I got to eat every day. But Jesus said, this is the food you got to eat every day. One of the ways that we can understand the Bible correctly is in community. We need to understand that the word is in community. It forms our community. It gives shape to our community. It helps us 
understand passages together. Because sometimes we might read a passage and we're, we, have, we have trouble. It doesn't either make sense to us in the context or we have interpreted it maybe in the wrong way. And so we need a church. A church. That's, the word for church is, is a gathering. A gathering of people. We need a gathering of people to help us understand what this word of God means for us. I'm going to skip over the next couple ones, sorry. That's part of what happens. Maybe we don't understand a certain passage. And so we ask ourselves, well, what do we do? What, let, let's say we're jumping forward and we're putting God's word into our hearts, all right? And so today you make a decision. I'm going to go out and buy that study Bible so I can really understand those passages that I've been misunderstanding. Or I'm going to use this Bible app and I'm going to use the, you know, a passage a day. I'm going to do the Bible in one year and I, that's my decision. So you get to a passage and you're like, mm, I don't know. What do you do then? Well, real quick. Number one, you don't throw it away and say this book doesn't make any sense. That's not the option. Number two, ask for God's help. Often the problem with our interpretation is not the Bible. Often it's us. So, ask for God's help. Look at other scriptures. Maybe there's other places in the word that it talks about the same thing. You know that version app? It has a search function. You type in a word, brrr, there it comes. Or maybe you have an old book called a concordance. It's just a book that does the same thing. Don't focus on the controversies. Don't focus on the parts that you think you don't, that don't agree. Look, I know there's a lot of scholarship that may have, you've made or heard of, that's, that, that tells you this book is not to be trusted. That's just not the case. The Bible has been passed down in some of the most faithful ways through generations and generations. Yes, there may be places, there's actually a study called textual criticism where you look at how the Bible was passed down. It has been passed down faithfully. It's a book that can be trusted. When we come together in community, we can understand that we sometimes have biases. When you come to a text, there are things working together. There's, there's the text itself and what the text says. There's the author's intent, because sometimes when we write something down, what we mean isn't sometimes what people hear. And then there's also our own bias, our own preconceived ideas about what's right and what's wrong. When we come together in community, we can share those things and try to see, you know, maybe I'm missing it here. Can someone help me with that? I recently heard an illustration, you know, sometimes when you wear different articles of clothing, you can see that one color might be a little bit different than the other. So, like, sometimes when you get up and you get dressed in a dark room and you, like, maybe you put on a pair of socks and one's blue and one's black, and you couldn't tell, right? It wasn't your fault. It was a dark room. It was your wife's fault. No, I'm just kidding. 
blue and black, they look similar in the dark room, right? But blue and black never look red, right? They don't look like way off, neon green. Whoa, that's definitely not right. The same can be true sometimes of interpretation. Sometimes we can have a little bit of variation, but most of the time it points us all in the right direction. The founder of the Methodist movement, Charles Wesley, he had a way to understand scripture. He called it the quadrilateral. Actually, he never called it that. People who came after called it that. He viewed our faith as being foundationally on scripture. He also, though, understood that tradition was important. And so he valued and appreciated those who came before to understand the scripture their way. He also said that experience should be important in our faith, that we should be able to apply the Bible and that how we understand the world around us affects our faith. And he also totally agreed in reason. The Bible is an unreasonable book. We might be trying to answer questions it's not answering, but that doesn't mean that reason is not in line or cannot be connected to faith. And so as we read this scripture together, those things will help us to understand it and to interpret it. Last thing, the word is in action. There is no point for us to just read God's word just for either our own benefit or for our own intellectual assent. It is made to transform us and the world around us. James 1.22 says it this way. But be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves. When we only receive the word of God and we don't let it change our words and our actions to those around us, then we are just being hearers. And we are deceiving ourselves that we're really being changed by God. Because when we fall in love with God's word, it will have to change us. If we read God's word and we only agree with everything, there's probably a problem. Press in and to say, how can we live differently because of this word that we've read? You know, Jesus, Jesus was a a, a person of the word. Jesus used the Bible as he went throughout his life. He lived by the very words of God. When he began his earthly ministry, he got up in a synagogue, a place of religious practice and worship, and he read aloud the words of a prophet that came centuries before. He said that in this scripture, I will have my ministry. My ministry is fulfilled in this. When Jesus was tempted, when Jesus was tempted and alone, The word is what sustained him. So when we face temptations, shouldn't that be the same for us? Jesus was in the word in moments of suffering, even from the cross. Even from the cross, he was speaking the word of God, understanding that the word was his life, that the word was how he was going to get through that moment of suffering. And so often when we face those darkest times, what are the words that come to our mind? What are the thoughts that, that move in our hearts? 
What is the encouragement that we need to get through that moment? It is the word of God. And so this word is all about Jesus. I'm going to wrap up with this. Luke 24. Jesus says this to his apostles after he rises from the dead. After he defeats death on the cross. And on that Easter morning is resurrected again. He says, then he said to them, these are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you that everything written about me and the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Pause. Go back. Remember, that's Old Testament. Moses, prophets, Psalms. That everything written about who? Me. That everything written about Jesus must be fulfilled. Next slide. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and said to them, thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem, you are witnesses of these things. If we want to know Jesus, we need to read his word. That his word would be rooted in us. That we could be confident that there is something powerful about the Bible. That it is literally Life. Life. That if you are seeking life, it is found in those words. And so our challenge is this. May we treat this word of God as precious as it truly is. May we have it sink deep into our hearts that we would remember at all times of life. May we experience it in community as we seek to together follow Jesus. And may we let it transform our lives and our actions and our own words that the people around us, whether they're at home or at work or at school or on the subway, would know God. Let's stand together. Would you pray with me? Jesus, we thank you for uh, this time that we've had together today. Jesus, we ask that you would help us to follow you. That you would uh, remind us that your words are for us. That if we are seeking to follow you, God, we can be in your word and find strength and peace and justice 
and forgiveness. And in your word, there is love and there is patience and there is kindness. That your word brings truth. That your word shows us where we've gone wrong. That your word brings us back home again. And so we ask, Jesus, that uh, as we go into this week, you'd help us to love your word. And we would recognize that, God, you are the true hero of our story. Give us the grace because we need it most. In your name we pray. Amen. Friends, don't just leave and walk out the door. We'd love for you to continue to uh, get to know each other. But it's good to see you here and uh, have a great week. At the wrong end of a gun One more bullet might break my heart Oh, it sure is dark Can we let in a little sun? I just want to be light And be light And be light I just want to be light Every day And every night Leave a better than I found it Better than I found it Thiever better than I found it Well Another outline on another sidewalk It's not just hot scotch Even rain can wash that pain away God won't let you give up on us Or what have we I just want to be alive.